This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 121. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I highlighted such a good book. I know I say that every single week, but this one, okay, I have to say this book that I read is so good, but there is so many nuggets of wisdom in here and it is a challenging book to read. It was, I think I had to read parts like over and over again, just to wrap my brain around the concepts that, um, she was talking about in her book. She's just so intelligent and so much research has gone into this book. And so obviously I do recommend, this is just a highlight. I'm by no means, is it a good full summary of her book? I do recommend purchasing the book and supporting the author because there's so much research that has gone into this and so much knowledge, um, that it is definitely a book that you're going to want on your bookshelf. Okay. So this book is called How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett, PhD. So, okay, this book is so good because it literally is emotions feel automatic. They almost feel like uncontrollable reactions to things that we think and we experience. So science actually, scientists have long supported the assumption uh, by claiming that emotions are hardwired in the body or in the brain. And I have to say this book kind of puts things on its head and changes things around. And she really does challenge um, this whole notion of what what science has taught us. So you think about it, you know, um, when you were young, emotions seemed pretty simple. The, you know, you dropped your ice cream cone and you felt sad or you, you got to go to the park and you were happy and so on. But as we get older, our emotions became increasingly more complex and sometimes even confusing. And it doesn't help that there's a ton of widely believed myths out there about emotions. So you're going to look at emotions in a totally different way. How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain is just a wonderful book that really does teach us that some of the myths that we've been believing might be wrong. So the world has... One of the myths is that the world has universal facial expressions to express emotions. So think about it, like smiling for joy. Um, Or maybe another thing that you might have believed is that emotions come from the limbic part of the brain or the reptilian part of the brain. And um, that we must use our rational brain in order to control them. So that is a myth. So we're supposed to frown when we're mad, right? (laughs) We're supposed to smile when we're happy. We're supposed to scowl when we're angry. But what she does is that this, this proposed universality of emotions is just not the case. So there's no universality in 
in expressions. There's no evidence that actually proves that there's a universe, there's universal expressions across all cultures. So what she does argue is that context actually changes our interpretation and it actually context changes the emotional meaning that we attach to something. So we, our brains add meaning to things. So expressions of emotions are actually, get this, stereotypes. So when you're learning, you know, expressions, it's like you see a smiling face, it's like, oh, that person's happy. But the reality is there's so many other emotions that that person could be feeling with that facial expression. And for example, you know, you see someone frown, you assume that they're sad, but it could be so many other emotions, like just whip out a thesaurus and there could be so many other emotions that are actually going on there. So she challenges this as a stereotype that expressions of emotions are actually stereotypes. And, um, and, and in this book, how emotions are made the secret life of the brain, she distinguishes, um, the difference between it. She challenges pretty much all that you thought you knew about human emotions. And this book is very transformative because it tells you the true story behind your feelings. And you're going to be so flabbergasted because we have way more control over um, our emotions than we actually think. So that is a major wonderful takeaway. So are you ready to dig deep and understand your feelings a little bit better? So here we go. So I did break the book down into three powerful lessons that this book actually teaches us about emotions. And then I, I, I kind of came up with some of the overview, but again, this is just a, a summary for you. So her research really does overturn the widely held belief that emotions are housed in different parts of the brains and that they are universally expressed and recognized. So instead she has shown that emotion is constructed in the moment and are the, in that moment, we have core systems across our whole entire brain, not just one section of the brain. And it's, it's a lifetime of learning that actually influences us. And then we form, we create an emotion based on context in that moment. So this new theory means that you play a much greater role in your emotional life than you actually think, right? It's all those stories that we've learned over time. Our brain is programmed. So this book is about how your emotions are not merely what you're born with. It's like, okay, that this happens to you and that's how you react. Um, that's not the case. It's like years of experience. It's years of um, interpretation. It's years of learning um, that actually causes you to formulate an emotion around it. So we give it words, we give it definition. So she does draw this, um, she draws on all her contemporary research and she offers a radically different picture that experience of emotion is highly individualized. So we're, how we experience emotions and why we experience emotions is, is based on our learning. It's based on our experiences and it's, it's inseparable from our cognition. So I love this. So, okay, just so you know, we are learning from, uh, you know, a distinguished professor of psychology here, and she has received, you know, national awards on for her groundbreaking research on emotion in the brain. Um, so three powerful lessons that she does teach us in her book is the classical view of emotions demonstrates 
um, that dominates today. And it, it really is not supported by science. So, you know, all those universal facial expressions of emotion actually are flawed and they're stereotyped. That's one of the lessons. She also talks about we spontaneously create emotions in the moment based on the sensory inputs. So the sensory input comes in, but then our predictions, our brain makes a whole bunch of predictions of, you know, what, what the emotion might be. And our brain actually in that moment creates the emotion. So what happens is something can happen in our environment. And in that moment, our brain creates the definition and the emotion that, that goes along with it. So, oh my gosh, I know, is your brain like you know, spinning around. Like <laughs> I know mine was too when I was reading this. So lots of wonderful information here. So also the third lesson is our concept of emotion comes from our culture and beliefs about emotion. So what we're trained, what we're, we were taught. And so this is really powerful. So let's jump in a little bit into the lesson one. We still believe in a classic view of emotions that science doesn't even really support anymore. So in our society, we often think that emotions of something, you know, are something that's not, we can't, can't necessarily control and that it's a reflex. Um, but, and the classic view of this is usually that the idea that emotions are more or less, you know, irrational reflexes left over from our e- evolution. So we're wired to get angry. We're wired to, you know, respond to our environment. However, um, this, she, she shifts it. So this look on emotions assumes that everyone experiences, expresses, and interprets emotions in the same way, but that's simply not the case. So think, think about it. So do you always express anger in the same way? This is a wonderful example. So of course not. So the way I express anger in certain situations is very different, right? And the way I express anger and the way you express anger is very different as well. So the classical view doesn't work because we can express every emotion in multiple ways. Like sadness isn't just one distinct feeling, right? So just find a thesaurus and you'll see a myriad of different variations of emotions and all of which have a slightly different feel. So she really does challenge this classical view of universality. So this is because every emotional response is specific to the situation rather than us experience the same few reoccurring emotions. So the situation, the specific situation that we find ourselves in, in that moment, we formulate an emotional response. So experiments in emotion show that every single emotion, they don't originate in a specific region of the brain. So Barrett, um, she did find that there isn't a universal response in the brain to each emotion. So that is so important. So then the other lesson is the brain makes emotions on the spot based on sensory inputs and our predictions. So the author really does advocate for the theory that of constructed emotion. So 
we construct the motion, that we create emotion spontaneously and concurrently in more than one area of the brain. So emotions are based on the individual. We form our feelings from a combination of unique sensory input and the brain's best predictions. So think about that, right? Like something happens to you, your brain goes in and predicts, you know, how, what's going on. It judges the situation. It uses, you know, past experiences to formulate an emotional response, right? So, I mean, for example, if, um, a math teacher were to walk into a room, right? And then you have an emotional response to that. That's probably formulated because of past experiences of like maybe not loving math or doing bad on a math test or, you know, a confrontation with that math teacher. So it shows you how can't tell that I didn't really care for math. (laughs) Anyway, it shows you that the brain makes these predictions and anticipates sensory input, such as vision and taste. It anticipates it and tries to make sense of things. So sensory input either affirms what the mind is predicting as correct, or the brain learns and changes that wrong prediction. So this is why we experience so many different types of anger responses, for example. So sometimes we may shout, sometimes we may stay quiet. So each response is its own neural pathway and bodily movements uh, that go along with it. So the brain uses prior experiences and sensory input to predict which reaction will be best for that situation. So did you get that? So the brain uses prior experience as well as sensory input in order to predict, you know, what, what reaction will best suit this situation. And so you can tell we have a huge influence on that. So I think that is so, so powerful, right? That it's not innate or fixed, but it's constructed based on our experience. Um, So she also talks about one of the other lessons is that our experience of emotion is largely based on culture and our beliefs about it. So I think she talks a little bit, one part in her book, she talks about um, that culture actually shapes our concept of emotion. So for example, um, she talked about a language that they don't even have a word that describes sadness. So they use a, a word that means, and like, and how they define this, like this, the fatigue that comes or something like with a flu and they don't have a word actually that defines and describes sadness. Um, so is a cultural thing, right? So our reality depends on the concept we have to describe what's around us. And these depend on our culture, right? So if your culture teaches you that an upside down, you know, phase lips going down on the sides is sad, then that is a mental construct that you've created. So this means that once we know the concept of an emotion, we can experience that emotion. What? I'm going to say that again. So once we understand and we know the concept of an emotion, that's then we can experience that emotion. But if we don't understand or we don't have a concept of an emotion, then we won't experience it. So it shows you um, that our experience of an emotion is based on our beliefs about it as well as our culture. 
right? So it's just so interesting. Like this book, oh my gosh, it, it has so many amazing concepts here. I highly recommend that you um, listen to her TED talk on how emotions are made, the secret life of the brain, because um, she really does walk you through all this, all her research and, and training and is just so powerful. So how emotions are made is a refreshing new look on the true source of our feelings, right? So we learned all about how our emotions are not merely about what we're born with, um, but it's also about how your brain pieces together um, or pieces your feelings together and how you can contribute to the process. So you know what? Sometimes we're missing the meaning. Sometimes we miss, um, you know, the underlying prediction that maybe is making a, a certain emotion for you. So if we can create a little space there, um, it, it really will show us like how emotions are made and, and how we have a more of an influence on that than we might've thought before. So what do you think of this? What do you think of the new science of our emotions and why do you think that matters? Like how will it enhance your life? So this book is so great on so many levels. I definitely, this is a summary. It's a highlight. There are so many amazing nuggets in this book. Emotions actually feel automatic. They feel uncontrollable, like reactions to what we think and experiences. And, and science has actually been supporting this assumption in the past um, that emotions are hardwired in the body as well as the brain. But actually, she really does take us to this place of her research actually overturns that this this widely held belief that these emotions are housed in different parts of the brain and that they're universal. Um, but instead, it's really the emotions are constructed in the moment. So we have more control over that. They're constructed. Um, so again, we can use that metacognition, taking our thinking to court and and challenging those thoughts. And these core systems are, you know, in our brain, it's like these predictions are from a lifetime of learning. So we play much more of a role in our emotional life than we ever thought. And that is profound. And that can really help us on so many levels. Anyway, okay, I know your brain is probably spinning. I tried to keep this into like a shorter summary because I there's a lot of deep concepts here. But I'm so curious, like, you know, how will this help you in your life? I know for me, it really allows me to slow down my thinking and realize that I'm having this emotion because my brain is creating a response to this situation. It's predicting how I should be having an emotional response. Oh, that happens. I should be angry. It's like, wait a second. Um, what programming and prediction has led me to that? So, you know, it's really nice because it really gives you food for thought and more self-awareness. So that's it, my friends. I have such a great book I'm highlighting next week as well. So hopefully you hit subscribe so it comes right into your inbox. And if you haven't written a review, I please, please, please beg you to write a review because I put so much love and energy into these podcasts and it really does help other people find the show and it tells them what you love about the show yourself. So it would really, really help me and help grow the show as well. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you being here and have a wonderful week. 
If you like this podcast, it's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreaseidel.com where I take all these books and I hide them in this big, massive vault. There's hundreds and hundreds of books in there for you to learn and discover and grow from. So I really encourage you to head on over to my website so you can gain access to this vault. They're just waiting for you to read. Also, if you've been thinking about writing a book or you know, you've lacked the time, maybe the focus and the know-how to get it done, or you've been wanting to publish your own work, well, look no further. Spend no more time wasting trying to figure it all out because I'm your girl. I am a book doula. I actually help people painlessly give birth to their books through book birthing. (laughs) So let's turn that dream into achievement through birthing your own book because books change lives. So head on over to my website to find out more about that as well. Be sure to subscribe here so that you get the latest episode. And of course, share this with your friends, write a review because it really helps grow the show. And finally, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm just so grateful that I get to show up and read all these books and share the learning experience with you. So until next week, I'm sending hugs.